Hi there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Jamie Hampton, and today I get to be here with Jennifer Elwood, who has recently written a devotional called Counting Up to Christmas, 24 Gifts from the Gospel of Luke. And I just heard about this and read a little bit about it, and the word that came to my mind was rest. And I just, I know I need that right now at this time of the year. And I just feel like you all can use it too. So Jennifer, thank you so much for being here with us to talk about your devotional. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we like to ask all of our guests on the podcast, um, what your favorite prayer closet is. Where do you like to go to feel close to God? It could be (gasps) traditional. It could be totally off the wall. You know, it's funny because I, I watched the prayer room movie and I thought, oh, I'm going to make my closet a prayer room. Right. Um, <laughs> How many and, of us have done that? <laughs> yes. And it's a great Zooming room. But what I'm finding is that that's not the greatest place for me. My, my best spot is waking up before my kids get up and sitting down in my favorite comfy chair and opening the word and then spending some time in quiet. And that's, that's the best. I agree with you. I, we love the war room. Alana and I, uh, my co-host and I just love the war room movie. It's so much fun and just so applicable and powerful, but it's the same here. I, I thought, wouldn't it be great to, to convert an actual closet into a prayer room? And what I find about an actual closet is I feel I need a window. Like I think I need, and, and I also need to be a little bit more accessible to family life. I think different stages of life give you different things, but I think um, the closet, this closet that I'm recording in is really small and it would probably be a great prayer closet if I chose to turn it into that. But, um, but yeah, I just, I would like to, I like the chair this, I don't have any comfy chairs in here and I like the chair and I like the window. I feel like that kind of gives me a little bit more peace to be able to dive into prayer. <laughs> Absolutely. This morning, it was slightly snowing when I got up and sat down in my chair for my you know, quiet time. And it was beautiful. I would it have sat in the closet. <laughs> you would have. And it's just, it's so peaceful. Um, that when it snows, it's just so peaceful and just you know, I mean, there, I, I personally love being outside too. I like feeling close to God outside. Um, so maybe there's something to that window thing. Maybe it has to do with feeling kind of closer to creation and being a little bit closer to, to being in nature with God. Mm, I don't know. I love that. Well, I would love to talk about this devotional and, um, First of all, I, I just want to know what it was that inspired you to create this devotional. So it actually started the first year that I forgot to read a chapter of Luke a day in December. I had been leading an online study for my church, and we were in the middle of getting posts ready, and there was a whole team, and I was spending a lot of time creating and collaborating. But when it came down to about the 10th of December, I thought, oh my goodness, I forgot to start. And that I think would have been my seventh year of reading Luke a chapter a day. Like this has been an ingrained habit for me for a decade now. And so I decided that I would just continue. I was in the word. And so on the day after Christmas, I read the entire book of of Luke in one sitting. And then thought, 
is this the book idea that I've been hoping for and praying for? And so the following summer, I thought, okay, it's time to start reading Luke. And I, but we started off summer at Disney World and exhausted ourselves. Like it was in the back of my mind to start reading and writing, but we were busy and we were having fun and also exhausting ourselves completely. And we went to a water park that I hadn't planned at the end of the trip and Christmas music played all day long. And that night I went back to our hotel room and laid down and opened my app and read Luke one and then read, read it every day for the next several days and sat down and actually penned out the beginning of the first chapter on Christmas in July, about a month later. Wow. Oh, that's really good. And so this was a tradition for you to read a chapter of Luke every day. So every day for the days leading up to Christmas in December. Yes. About, I think it was December or, you know, late November, 2009. I read or heard somewhere, someone talking about this practice and how wonderful it was to begin the month in this beautiful story of Jesus coming and then ending with the account of the resurrection on Christmas Eve. And after doing that once, I realized how much that changed me and prepared my heart for Christmas and helped me get other things in prior in better priorities as I prepared for huge holidays and we have the big house. So we usually do a lot of entertaining and all that kind of stuff and realized that I wasn't spending enough time with the Lord in the process of that and spending intentional time every day made the whole holiday change for me. Yeah. In our Thanksgiving episode recently, um, Alana and I were talking about how Thanksgiving kind of feels a lot simpler there's not as much pressure. Christmas can be, there can be so much pressure on Christmas and it's not just secular pressure. It can be spiritual and, and Christian pressure to get it right. You know, like to make sure everything yes. is perfect, to go to all the things, to make sure the house looks just right. Um, you know, to, to make sure you're pleasing everyone. I think the, the most, I don't know, unhappy I've ever been on Christmas was, I um, perceived that my gifts to certain people were not right, that I didn't get them right and that they weren't happy with them and that my gifts didn't convey how much I cared about these people. And in the meantime, I ended up being miserable instead of spending time with the people that probably preferred my time over my gift anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. And so what I love about this devotional is um, it is – very, it, I don't know, it's an easy way to get it right in the right way. You know, you think about the Mary and Martha account where Jesus says to Mary, who's sitting at Jesus' feet, um, well, he says to Martha about Mary sitting at Jesus' feet, there's only one thing that's important, not bustling yourself, making sure everything is perfect, um, not doing, not even serving in the church or making sure that everything is perfect in those respects she's doing the one thing that's important and that was sitting at the feet of Jesus and I feel like that's kind of what this is is that was that kind of what you had hoped and intended from this devotional yes I actually looked took a 
even closer look at the story of Mary and Martha last year when my kids all of a sudden were home from school and I was thought, well, we're going to do some Bible study and let's think about what we want to look at. And my nine-year-old wanted to look at Mary and Martha. And we started just realizing that Mary being at Jesus' feet was such a special thing because women were not allowed anywhere near the inner part of the temple. And her sitting at the feet of Jesus was like him walking her through the court of women, the court of the Israelites, in through the court of the priests and right into the Holy of Holies. Like that's where she was sitting. So we, we sketched out the temple grounds on our driveway in chalk and pretended like we were holding Jesus's hand walking in. And that really, that was already like, you know, the book was done and stuff. <laughs> I should have added that too, but that was astounding to me to realize that. And then also that Mary later in the account in, um, I think John um, talks, she has this amazing interaction with Jesus as she's mourning over the death of her brother, but she gets it. She perceives that he is the Messiah and that he's not some political ruler that's come to free them from Roman rule. He is God's son and he is here to do what he has been meant to do since eternity. And she understands that. And it's like, she almost had to have this harsh interaction with Jesus earlier. I don't think Jesus was harsh, but she seemed to be. Um, but that, that whole experience, I think for her kind of ended up being this full circle thing where Martha also had a really amazing in the Holy of Holies encounter with Jesus too, especially in that moment. That's very neat. Um, so I read in the book, in the introduction that originally you were going to make it longer. What made you choose to keep it shorter? Um, lots of lovely writing coaches saying, pick one thing. Because I think in my, in my rough draft, which I offered to people online, people really enjoyed it. But it also was, it was long for Christmas season. I think when you start off a new Bible study on day one, you're like, yay, it's my new study. I'm so excited. I'm going to do all the homework this time and it's going to be perfect. And, but then, you know, real life starts to happen and you realize, uh oh, I slipped. Uh oh, I've, and so I realized that what I would do is I would have a light study. I would originally wanted this to be like a full on Bible study and realized that that was not a realistic thing for a, for Christmas time. And so kind of added a light study component, but that lightens even more as time gets closer to Christmas. And I also um, just realized that the strength of, you know, the teaching was just better when I focused on one thing and really thought about, okay, what need am I meeting women at in this moment on this day? And instead of regurgitating scripture so much, I also added just how special these things were to me, but also, you know, added space for quiet for people to meditate and to be filled with the word before they meditate 
I think uh, when I when I hear, oh, and clear your mind for meditation, well, that's not helpful and that's not biblical at all. We need to fill our minds with scripture before we enter into the quiet. Otherwise, we kind of open a door to other things and <laughs> talking to us. That's that is a really good point. I think that's a great a, a great point. Both of those points are great. First of all. We don't give ourselves enough room. We don't give ourselves enough white space. But I always think of it as white space. But really, it can't be just blank white space. It, has, it can't be a blank canvas for any thought to present itself. It has to be um, rooted in truth. And it has to be, you know, I, there, there needs to be room for the Holy Spirit to draw from something to bring to mind. You know, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to bring to mind all of the words of Jesus back to us. And... So I think we need to have first heard them and known them before we can just open our mind to anything. I think that's a really good point. Um, But I love that, that you did create room for quiet. I think of what I tend to do and I like to multitask. I like to feel quote (laughs) productive. So you know, if I'm in the shower, I'll often be listening to a podcast or the news or I'm in the car, I'm listening to something, music or talk radio or whatever, just feeling like I'm being productive while I'm doing something that I don't perceive as being particularly productive. And there is such a value in making space because we can't hear from God when we're always either talking or receiving input. Absolutely. Um, I learned this practice a couple of years ago when I went to a women's conference. Um, the, the wife of the man that does the daily audio Bible, her name's Jill Parr. She did a, she did a wonderful women's retreat and I flew all the way to Georgia from Washington state to listen to, to be part of it. And she led us through this practice. She called it the covenant of silence. And that really changed me and helped me to realize that there's like another component that I was missing to my, what I called quiet time, because I wasn't really quiet. I was either reading or listening or praying myself and I, but I wasn't stopping long enough to receive anything back. And I was on to the next thing and realized that I needed to also stop and listen as well. And that really changed things for me. And I offered that last year when I uh, offered my rough draft online to people in December. And most people said that that was their favorite part of the whole thing. And, but then I thought, well, I have to call it something that's unique to my experience. And so it took me some time, but I finally came across the word quietude, looked it up in the dictionary and it's just, Perfect. It's like a state of stillness, but a state of expectation as well. So it's just, it's just the perfect word to describe this um, lovely time of receiving after filling yourself up. That's great. uh, Yeah. And is that part of, do you have that incorporated at all into the book or is that only on that particular prompt is only in your online version no i actually have like a little so at the end the beginning of of each um devotional there's a picture 
and then there's a short teaching, there's a prayer, and then there is a Christmas quietude prompt with some journaling space so that you can kind of keep a record. I found it really helpful when I was, you know, in different times when I've been a lot more faithful at this. I, I need to get back into the habit, ought to be honest. Um, I've been taking not as much quiet time in the last month with all of the marketing and all the stuff, which was probably a huge mistake. But um, I, I really enjoyed kind of writing down little notes of, you know, things that I'd received. It was helpful to look back on that. So I thought it would be helpful and to, uh, to just offer that to people, um, but to, to offer them also a particular um, scripture from that day to ponder as they have quietude. And so I'm, I'm hoping yet again that it will really touch people and give people an opportunity to consider spending more time in the quiet with the Lord. That's great. We need that. And especially in the month of December, we really, really need that. Um, I, so I wanted to talk a little bit about chapter one, just because of course it is about prayer. So can you just kind of give us an overview? So the, the devotional is 24 gifts from the gospel of Luke. So what are some examples of some of the gifts? And then maybe we can just talk a little specifically about prayer. Sure. Um, so the first, you know, um, there's a, there's a little verse tucked right into Luke one ten that talks about, um, and the people, the multitude were gathered, um, praying outside at the hour of incense as you lead up to the, you know, all the amazing things that happen in Luke one. And, um, and it was really kind of fun once I kind of, when I came across this thought of each day opens a gift and figuring out what that gift was from the Lord for each chapter was really a, an amazing process. Um, chapter three opens the gift of our true father. I realize that in Luke three, almost every detail revolves around family connection. It starts with the connect, family connections of rulers it goes into the relationship between John and Jesus and their cousins, and then ends with the genealogy of Jesus. <laughs> and it's just amazing. And so in that chapter, we open the gift of our true father as we consider how God spoke over Jesus during baptism. Um, in Luke 14, we open the gift of saltiness. Which I saw that. I, I really... I love that. Yeah. I love that too. And the experience that I had making my own smoked salt gave me this new insight as because it, it like when you smoke salt, it lingers, the flavor lingers in your mouth longer than any other kind of salt I've ever experienced. And my dad collects salt. So I've tasted lots of different kinds. But once you smoke it, I don't know, there must be some chemical process that I don't understand, but it lingers in a way that is unusual to any other kind of salt. And I thought one day, you know, that's really like how we should be as believers to the rest of the world. Like we're the salt of the world. We are lingering in an uncommon way to other people. And the Holy Spirit is causing that to happen. 
um, through uh, us being obedient to say words to other people and uh, draw them into the gospel. Um, trying to think of some other um, kind of fun ones. Um, like we talked about Mary and Martha, that opens the gift of fully present relationship. And I, <clears throat> I loved that one. Um, in Luke 19, we look at the account of Jesus and Zacchaeus, and that opens the gift of transformation. And, and at the end, we open the gift of true peace. And really, as I think about how I, how I experience spending time in Luke every year in December, that's really where I end up on Christmas Day, is that no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what might go wrong, no matter what relationships might be kind of yucky on that particular day, or, you know, if you're in the middle of an international pandemic, whatever, <laughs> I'm expecting, I'm Just still expecting. Hypothetically. Yeah, like whatever. Um, I'm still expecting in the midst of all of that to get to Christmas Day and have this sense of true peace that I would not have had if I hadn't spent time every single day in scripture and in quiet. Have you heard about our Patreon community? Patreon provides a way for listeners like you to partner with us to reach more women with the Praying Christian Women podcast and our other prayer resources. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get exclusive access to video recordings of podcast episodes, including some early access to episodes before they've even been published. You'll also be able to listen to our entire archive of retired episodes of the Prevailing Prayer Podcast, where our podcasting partnership began. You'll get sneak peeks of our newest prayer resources, as well as virtual retreats and other audio and video bonuses. To find out more, head over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash partner right now and check it out. that is so needed and I love it. I love every bit of it. So I'm excited to begin this study myself. Um, I got the book yesterday and you have some great pictures. Did you say it's your daughter um, on day one, a picture of your yes. daughter? It's adorable. Yes. She's beautiful. Thank you. I, it was so fun to collect pictures. I was actually planning on going back to Israel in June and it got canceled and I was going to fill in pictures that from that trip from ones I didn't have the perfect shot for. But then when it got canceled, someone suggested that I use my, you know, people in my life or, and I look for art that's interesting to me that portrays these events and then create them in photography since I already have a lot of pictures I was using anyway. And so I was going to use a picture of people praying at the Temple Mount in mass on Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement. And that's the closest place that Jewish people can get to the temple to pray. And they just, they flock there in massive crowds. And it reminds me of the massive crowd that would have been there that day that Zechariah went in to light the incense. And, but then realizing that like, you know, a picture of one, one person praying would be even more powerful than that. And staged this picture with my daughter and we were going to, the, the walkway is my cousin's house. And we were headed to um, her cousin's birthday party. And her cousin actually is her biological sister. Um, my cousin and I both adopted um, kids from the same family. Um. And yeah, which is its own cool story. But um, 
we were get we got there and the part we were meant to be early the party had already started she was so grumpy i have a really hilarious picture of her just being mad and then i finally said honey can you just imagine that jesus is right here and he's listening to your prayers how would that make you feel and then she did the face it's in the book and i went click 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 and went i got it go and she ripped off the dress there's a bathing suit underneath it and she ran to the <laughs> <pool>. <laughs> so yeah that's why the kids are in the book because we didn't go back to Israel and I think it made it even better oh I think it's great and you know I would love to talk more about Israel too because I'm sure that that experience also contributed to what you've written and just making uh everything that you're writing about more real because I loved in, in chapter one about prayer, it, uh, you kind of narrate the story in a new way, kind of in your, from your own perspective. Can you talk about how you did that? And yes, you know, those little narratives in, that are throughout the book, it's not every chapter. I just felt like there was this voice that was that was needing to be heard to tell the story from the inside out. And those required more research on my part than any other thing that I wrote in the book. Um, you'll see, if you pick up the book, you'll see tons and tons of um, end notes <laughs> for those chapters. Because I love that. I'm I, such a geek and I, <laughs> I love end notes and references and, you know, it's it's awesome. So. Yeah, yeah um, I did a lot of research to really try and understand, you know, what these people would have experienced from their point of view, thinking about what their culture was like, mm -hmm. what they ate, how they were educated. Um, I read this amazing, I've got this amazing book the first time I went to Israel um, by Miriam Feinberg. It's a, called, it's a book called Women, Women and Children in the Bible and talks all about what the first century looked like. It's an American woman um, that lives in Israel and she wrote a series of books on like first century perspectives of all different kinds of things. And she actually happened to be one of the people on our tour. So I got to meet her as well. And she's just the coolest person. And I learned a lot from her book and I learned a lot just getting on different Google sites, um, lots of Jewish sites, lots of Jewish cultural um, places and studying other parts of the Bible and felt like I kind of from starting to barely wrap my mind around what life was like then and then going to the place. And then once you have the sights, the smells, the sounds, the tastes and the feels of Israel, you open the Bible and all of a sudden you're seeing it in a totally different way. There's a reason why it's called the fifth gospel. It's totally true because it gives like 3D to your Bible reading experience in a way that I just, not that I had to have Israel to like have faith in the Bible or anything like that, but I think it sparked, it sparked, well, it sparked my writing. I wasn't writing before I went to Israel. And then all of a sudden I had a lot to say. So, um, I went a second time two years ago with a friend and we just went together and we created our own tour and went places that large tour groups wouldn't go. And so we walked a stretch of this Jesus trail, like a national hiking trail that goes around the Sea of Galilee. We walked from Capernaum to 
the primacy of Peter. And we went to this crazy cool convent in Nazareth where there's this amazing tomb like way under this like tiny little screen door. You walk in and you walk down, down, down and there's all these layers and you get to the bottom and there's a magnificent tomb. That's where the picture came from in uh, from December 24th of the resurrection. Um, and, and, you know, when I, so w as I, as I've gone, I've gotten more interested in archeology span and I've gotten more interested in following what they're still finding there. And it is phenomenal to me to really be able to imagine the place that these events happen. And I really wanted to draw readers into that as well. Yeah, well, it definitely worked. That's how I felt when I was reading that first person account of that woman experiencing Luke one. I mean, it, it really was very much brings you there and um, makes it makes it real. And I think, especially for people that have been raised in the church, we hear these stories, we read these verses, it's almost like we become desensitized to not necessarily the truth behind it, but the reality of it. And, um, and then being separated culturally from a lot of the references. I love when I learn something new about the culture in, in the time that whatever scripture was written that opens my eyes to, oh, that's why he said that. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. And it makes deeper sense. You can uncover the layers of the meanings. And I think you did a great job of that. So that's oh, that's a really you. really neat addition to the book and i love how you have music a musical reference at the end like worship music um do you have that for every chapter i didn't read every single chapter but do you have music I, for each chapter i do i have a worship song for each day well a christmas song for each day most of them are worship songs a couple of them like one day it just made sense to use the christmas song because there's so many references to food in it <laughs> yeah. um but yeah, I do. And I actually have a Spotify playlist I created for the book. It's called Counting Up to Christmas in the Gospel of Luke. Um, I'll send you the link and you, oh, can, do that. you can, yeah, you can add it into wherever you, you know, share all this stuff. But um, I also just today in the Facebook group, that's um, the title of the book that we're going to do like daily accountability for reading through and then, you know, sharing our insights from that particular day and anything that anyone wants to share from their quietude or their, their thoughts or things that going, going on in their lives. Um, I just posted a, a PDF that has all of the worship links that people can save it to their computer and click on each day. Um, because, you know, when I was not prepared for how the music would really deepen all this stuff for me. Um, Last year, when I had the music paired up and I was reading my own, you know, rough draft and then listening to the song, I was realizing how much later when I would hear those songs, the memory of the lesson from that day would pop in in my mind. So I had talked about the gift of the true father and I really look at the baptism of Jesus. And that day, I recommend listening to the Hallelujah Chorus by, um, from Handel's Messiah. And so every time I hear the opening of that beautiful music, I see like John, like 
putting Jesus down into the water and imagining mm -hmm. God, like just right there above it going, I'm going to say something and the Holy Spirit's going to go down. And this is going to be the coolest thing ever. And it's the, like, you know, one of the first, it's the first time in new Testament that we see all three. I think it's in the whole Bible. It's the first time we see all three parts whole of God in the same exact place. Yeah. And so, you know, and then you hear this glorious choir just shouting out hallelujah. And I see Jesus like coming out of the water and dripping down and everyone hearing the voice and seeing the, this dove like thing descend. And I think, Oh, and so I can't listen to that music anymore without hearing that. And I also, as an aside, when I went to the Jordan River to be baptized, we were dive bombed by a dove as we went out of the water. <laughs> well, that's I, pretty neat. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have a picture of it and of the, of the dove. And it, it posted, it like perched right on a building after it flew right over our heads. And my guide, Doreen, who had been to the Jordan River, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 times, stopped, looked at the bird, looked at us, and I never, what, what just, like, she was more, I like, amazed by the whole event than we were even, and we realized later as we took pictures of this cheeky bird that decided to dive bomb us, um, that the, the, the image that we had, this beautiful mosaic of a dove that of all the things that we could have bought in the store to be baptized in, we picked that one and the dove perched right above the same mosaic on the building. Wow, that's yeah. really neat. Not everybody yeah. has that story for their baptism. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty intense. <laughs> I think that there are not many <laughs> for sure. <laughs> that's very neat. Oh, but I just, I love how those kinds of things, those kinds of pictures and stories bring the gospel alive. I, that is just so neat. So that's, that is definitely, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that happening, you know, just getting to see some of the, the stories come alive through the next month as I read through the book of Luke. That's really neat. So specifically with prayer, we'll, we'll mm. kind of wrap up here. I know I'm, yeah getting yeah, a little no, bit longer. I hope I'm, you're still good for time. Um, good. The um, just in terms of prayer, what, what do you personally see as your biggest prayer struggle? Mm -hmm. And you can relate it to the holidays if you want to, to December or just in general. And then what do you love most about prayer? I think the biggest struggle is time and quiet. I think I've gotten better at those things over time because I've realized what the, my, my current challenges are and how I'm going to overcome them. Um, and just really deciding, like, I am going to sit down and pray. Um, Moms in Prayer has helped me with that quite a bit. I've regularly uh, participated in that with my church. And that gets me just more in the mindset of that. Um, but I think yeah. And, and just remembering to do it. So often I'll just sit there and just be fussing about something in my head for a long time. Or then I'll call my sister or I'll call my mom and na, 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 
and then go, okay, I did not take this to the Lord first. So also maybe gossip is <laughs> probably an even bigger problem that I have that I'm really working on taking things to the Lord first and then asking for biblical advice from my people instead of just whining. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think about that. And there are so many times when I tell myself, okay, you need to pray about it more than you complain about it because it, it <laughs> yeah. definitely is way more productive and it's, you know, complaining and talking to other people about it just isn't always, it, it doesn't bring the kind of peace that praying about it does and the kind of security. There have actually been times when I've wanted, I've had a problem and I've wanted to talk to someone else about it and I've gone to call or text and I haven't gotten anything back. And I just feel like it's God reminding me, you know, you haven't come to me yet. <laughs> you haven't come to me about it yet. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And so I think the thing that I love most about prayer is that, you know, it's our relationship. Mm -hmm. That is what builds our relationship. You know, if I think about what builds relationship with other people, it's talking, it's listening, it's, you know, asking them how they're doing. It's, um, you know, it's beyond superficial stuff. And I think, you know, God, I don't think, I know God really desires to have that kind of relationship with us. And if we don't take the time to pray, and that's not just asking for things, that's also praising the Lord for who he is and thanking him for what he's done, confessing all of our issues to him, then that really opens us up to be able to in communion with him, talk to him and say, you know, I really need some help with this. I don't know what to do with this kid. I don't know how to deal with this aspect of my finances. I do not know how to deal with another outbreak of Corona in my community. I don't know how to do this. And then taking the quiet afterwards. If I, if I regularly habitually do this, it changes everything about my day everything about my week and I'm just so much more settled and at peace if I take the time to do it. That is great. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And it just that it's a gift. It is truly a gift. So as you said in the book, it's, it's gift number one from Luke one. So Absolutely. yeah. Well, thank you for sharing about this great book. I am, I'm really excited about this and I, I know that our listeners will be too. And um, how can our listeners find you and find this book and all the things you've been talking about and find you on social media? All right. Well, you can find the book on Amazon in paperback and Kindle. You can also find me at my website, jenniferelwood.com. You can find me on social media at... Um, my, so my blog is uh, called Peacock Sojourning, P-E-A-C-O-C-K-S-O-J-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. And that's my tag on Instagram. And on Facebook, you can find me at Jennifer Elwood Author. And that's where I'll have a lot of fun stuff and videos and other inspirational things um, <clears throat> for Christmas time. But if you're doing the study and are really interested in interacting with other people that are reading it as well, then you want to head to the Facebook group. That's the title of the book. 
and that's where we'll be having daily interaction um, as starting tomorrow. <laughs> and okay, I'm writing all of this down so that I make sure I don't oh, okay. miss it. So we will be airing this on Wednesday. So as of Wednesday, okay. the group will have started the day before, but it is yes. not too late to get started. And um, yeah, jump right in with this book. Well, thank you, Jennifer. This has been great. Thanks for sharing about this. And I just can't wait to dive in. Well, thank you for having me. I so appreciate you having a special interview with me to help promote the book and get the gospel into as many hands as we possibly can this year. Thanks. Well, before we close, how can we be praying for you today? Oh, you know, I, when you think about writing a book, you don't think about needing spreadsheets to organize all of the things that are going on with right. sales and monetary stuff. And that is not my, my specialty. Um, and so I'm in the process of trying to figure out what that all is, creating an LLC. There's a lot of like nitty gritty details that I need to deal with that is not, that are not my strength. Um, and to be able to really prioritize and have good boundaries around my time so that my family isn't feeling the loss of me because I'm just off doing things all the time. Yeah. And I, I can relate to all of those things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, being a creative is really fun and having interviews like this has been so fun for me because um, I'm getting my, all my social lovey duppies in with all these wonderful people. Um, but then I need to be able to turn around and close the laptop and silence my phone and spend time with my husband and my kids. So I think that would be my biggest prayer request. And also for people that are exploring the option of doing this, that they would see ads, that they would see the book, that people that really need to engage with, this, with scripture because they haven't recently or they need more, or they don't even really believe in Jesus yet, but they're curious about him, but they would pick it up and the Holy Spirit would just do an amazing work in them. All right. Well, let's pray. God, we just thank you so much for this time. I just feel like even just talking about rest and focusing on your word is restorative. And we just thank you for Jennifer and her willingness to just pour her heart into this devotional and the way that she listened so carefully to you in how to present it and who to present it to. And we just ask that you would just take it and bless it abundantly. God, I just pray that this book would reach more women than Jennifer has ever imagined that each person that picks this up would meet with you in that throne room, in the Holy of Holies we were talking about, that it would just be like a, a personal experience with Jesus. And God, I just pray for salvations to happen through the reading of this book. I pray for women who've had lukewarm or um, faith that's been on hold for a while, Lord, that, that they would just be rekindled through the reading of this devotional. And I just pray for all of us that read it, that, that we would just experience your presence in a way that would bring us a spiritual rest that could overcome 
all of the craziness going on around us in the world today, Lord. There's just so much going on that is unsettling. And yet, when we go to your word, we can experience that peace that transcends understanding that will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I pray for that spiritual rest that, that transcends the circumstances for each person that picks this book up, God. For those that are just longing for that peace that comes only from you, that they would find it there. And that they would find it in the time that they spend just quietly reading your word and meditating on, on who you are and what you've done and who your son Jesus is. I just lift up Jennifer to you and just all of the details of being an author and um, Christian influencer and just all of the, all the, the things that she doesn't feel are in her, um, in her strength set or in her experience set, God, you've already equipped her. We know that where you have called her, you're not going to leave her high and dry. We just pray that you would just open her eyes to what she needs to do next, order her thoughts and steps allow her to be able to organize the different things that need to be done for the, the marketing of this book and the um, just getting it out to as many people as possible and that you would equip her daily with everything that she needs to do. Um, and I just, I pray for her family life that, that there wouldn't be an either or God, that, that her callings would be able to coexist in a way that would glorify you, that there would be no lack, that her family would not feel like like they're lacking in any way, that her ministry and her writing would not lack in any way, and that you would just show her how to navigate that well. And um, God, we know that you are the provider. We thank you that, that we can come to the end of our rope. We thank you that there are things that are too much for us to handle so that we can take that step into walking in faith and relying on your strength to be made perfect in our weaknesses. And we just surrender ourselves to you today, God, asking that through this holiday season, through Christmas, um, that you would be drawing us closer to you, that we wouldn't be separated from you by the busyness of the days or the things that need to get done or the worries of the, of the world. And, and that we would truly meet with you. I just thank you for Jennifer and just the role that she's playing in that. And we just pray your blessing on her and her family and to everyone listening in Jesus name. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the praying Christian women podcast. We'd love to hear from you. So please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.